Um, if, if people don't know, I'm always on LinkedIn. And, and, and if you're ever wondering why, this is why. It's because I am a talent sourcer and I do recruit all the time. And so when I see a great candidate, um, I have to put them in my pipeline. I got to get them in there some way. So my biggest tips are is understanding recruiting, how people recruit. Because if you don't understand how we're recruiting, then you don't understand how you should uh, properly apply. Hey, hey, Carl, how's it going, buddy? Sean, how you been, man? How you been? Doing good, doing good. Love it, life. The sun is out. I am super pumped. And it's a Friday, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I can see your son in the background, man. I can oh, see. Yeah. <laughs> I love that light. I love that. I, I don't have that background, but I have a window to the side that's giving me some light. So it's it's somewhere there. But feeling good, it's a Friday as well. Absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. And we have a special guest today. So Patricia Gatlin, thank you. Um, welcome, Patricia. Thank you for your time today. Yes, thank you both for having me. I'm very excited to be here and I look forward to uh, getting to know you and your audience and them getting to know me as well. Awesome. Absolutely, awesome. absolutely, absolutely. Great to have you on, Patricia. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. So Patricia is a diversity and inclusion lead. Um, she's also a curator and she's coming to us all the way from Las Vegas. So uh, it's pretty cool that we can connect remotely from anywhere and get a chance to connect with you in person so I really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks so much. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying living in this digital world and getting to meet so many different people and the uh, the ability to share my story. So thanks for awesome. Having. All right. Okay, so let's jump right in and um if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am currently a diversity uh, lead and talent source specialist part-time with John Hopkins University. I work for their Center of Talented Youth where I recruit STEM professionals. Uh, my primary goal there is getting more uh, Black and Indigenous people of color down the pipeline to teach our gifted students, primarily in the STEM type of fields. And so that's what I'm doing part-time and then full-time, I'm a coordinator at a medical school. I work in the departments of curriculum and student affairs. We're currently getting ready to graduate our first class of medical students. And so I'm very hands-on with those projects and events, but also I run the database uh, for a lot of their clinical evaluations. And so that's primarily what I'm doing at the moment. And um, prior to that, I've worked in higher ed for almost 10 years. I've put in about three years working in tech, helping um, develop and build out startups. Wow, Patricia, <laughs> that is amazing. I want to recap and, and go through all of that. Um, but but first, like you're in one of the most critical sectors as we know it for obvious reasons. I, yes. I can only imagine uh what your life is like now uh it was i'm sure it was busy before but even now uh, can you talk more about your career particularly in yeah, <laughs> yeah. In you know my career has been all over the place like people have said if you think you're gonna take a linear path to success it most likely won't happen that way um like i said i've worked in higher ed for a really long time uh the 
the primary base of my professional background is administration and operations. So I had done administrative work, been a, a secretary at EA and all that for different departments in higher ed. And then upon acquiring my degrees, I have a bachelor's in, in history, pre-law history. I studied constitutional law. And then I have a master's in humanities where I did more social anthropologist type work, um, but also was a big advocacy uh, person, lobbying, uh, working with Senator Ricardo Lara for one of my internships and things of that nature. So um, never did I imagine that I would end up, you know, taking a job and helping build out departments in higher ed and then uh, learning to do database management through my administrative work. And that carried to me working in tech, having worked with the Zuckerbergs and then um, leaving the startup space to eventually go back and help build out this department um, in a medical school um, to make sure it succeeds. And I first started off this year at the beginning of the COVID, um, I was a database manager for them. I was on contract. And um, when my contract was over, they just were like, we can't lose you. Uh, They're like, we, we need you, you know? And then they say, would you like to be a coordinator? So I got a promotion during um, <laughs> the pandemic when everybody else unfortunately was going through a lot of the hardships, especially in Las Vegas, which were a hospitality and gaming type of industry. I was called in to do more work. So on average, I put in 65 hours of, of work a week and I'm also a full-time mentor. I have two mentees. Um, and I'm also a founder of a company as well. So yeah, for me, it was quite unique and I could have never imagined my life um, and my career kind of taking this trajectory, but I'm very happy to be in the space that I'm in um, and to be helping um, my alma mater where I graduated, which is UNLV, um, help develop and build out their medical school, but also inspire and encourage their medical students as, they as we graduate our first class. Wow, um, that's not a linear path at all. <laughs> I love how you said that phrase. That's like a mind map. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm curious, and you said you never would you've been uh, imagine this. Now that you're almost, I mean, you're not at, at a final stage. We never are until we feel like we reach a, some sort of achievement. Right. I'm curious to know um, how is it now that you are at this place? Do you see any other? Right. Uh, areas right. that you want to get into or yeah, you know what um and like i said at the beginning of all of this which was in january of last year i also like i taken the the temp job with unlv medicine and then i was also offered the the contract job with john hopkins for their cty program um there which it helps me to develop what I really was passionate about, which was doing diversity and inclusion work, um, because you don't major in the arts twice, <laughs> you know, and rack up student loans, um, not to live out your passion and when you're, you know, you're really into that. And so that was just always going to be my goal. And that was the reason, because people were like, well, you already working 40 hours, why would you take on additional 20, 25 hours a week? Well, one, it's John Hopkins. Um, and then two, you know, getting to work in the K through 12 room and not just higher ed, was important to me, but also, like I said, working on diversity in impactful areas, especially in higher ed in K through 12 and seeing, um, you know, like I said, black and indigenous people um, land jobs within their field was really, really important to me. And if I could develop that school as a diversity and inclusion lead, sourcing great candidates to eventually become a diversity and inclusion consultant. And so that is my career ultimate goal is to eventually become a consultant for some major company, whether that be in higher ed or whether that be at a major tech company. Wow, your value is really shining through. This is fantastic. I'm just eating it all up, your story. I'm amazed by it. 
Um, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm wondering, like, from a, for those interested in the higher education, can you offer any tips, um, maybe from a recruiter's perspective? Yes, yes, because that's what I do all day, <laughs> every day, even though I'm only supposed to do it for 20 hours a week. Um, if, if people don't know, I'm always on LinkedIn. And, and, and if you're ever wondering why, this is why, because I am a talent sourcer and I do recruit all the time. And so when I see a great candidate, um, I have to put them in my pipeline. I got to get them in there some way. So my biggest tips are is understanding recruiting, how people recruit. Because if you don't understand how we're recruiting, then you don't understand how you should uh, properly apply. And I'll give you an example for as a, as a, as a moment in my life, right? Uh, we have sprints, right? A sprint can last a week, a sprint can last two weeks, but we have a quota to fill for a certain um, uh, profession that we might have for a teacher, whether it's math, science, or whatever. And they're like, you have a week to find 300 candidates. You have a week to find 500 candidates. So as you can imagine, our time is really valuable and it's also very, very limited. So I always wanna tell candidates, please make sure that you are presenting yourself in a timely, effective manner. If you don't have a LinkedIn profile, you don't have a portfolio, if I can't find you on the internet, because that's where I'm prim primarily sourcing at the moment, right? Because we're in COVID, then you don't exist. I mean, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's just hard for us to, to find, find you outside of the internet at this moment. And so I highly encourage people to understand the time restraints and also consider making sure that you are investing in your career roadmap, because the more that you know about what you want out of your career, the more you can speak to that in your um, LinkedIn uh, portfolio. And again, I think people see LinkedIn as a resume. And I have to remind people all the time, LinkedIn is not your resume linkedin is an active portfolio it is something that us as recruiters go to to reference to see do you have experience so if you're only putting the experience you have from one specific field then the, maybe the other fields of people that might be looking for you um, as a teacher um, and that's all you do I, I like i said i recruit people in stem who have worked in for example computer science who are engineers people who have worked in the gaming animation industry but when i have an animation class and all you put down was computer science i have nothing to reference to say you have animation skills you don't have a portfolio showing me your animation or voiceover work or anything of that nature so i can't recruit you because i can't speak to the work in which you've done so utilizing your linkedin as a portfolio and not as a resume because we do hope to get your resume we hope that it is concise and, and can speak to the hiring managers um, and the team that you'll be sitting on a lot more effectively. So that's just one of the things is just understand what we're looking for and that we're under a time constraint and time cannot always be on your side. Uh, another thing is vocabulary. We need you to know the vocabulary for your field because if your resume doesn't have those key features, right, that an ATS system might be looking for, or even me as a recruiter, I'm eyeballing your profile. I will even do like a, a search for words just on your LinkedIn profile. And if it doesn't show up enough times, I'm like, going down that list and saying, how many years of experience do you have in this? I don't have time to read every single line. I need to find the keywords and say, keyword, three to five years, keyword, you know, this, this, that, and other. So having that vocabulary knowledge of the field in which you want to be in is super important. And then lastly, networking. Networking is not adding people on LinkedIn. That is not networking. You have to actively be 
in a warm state. There's cold networking and there's warm networking. Cold networking is I added you to my LinkedIn profile. Warm networking is engaging with those people's content. It is engaging with those people in their inbox. Um, it is engaging with those people at certain events. So I want people to know that you have, you can do a cold network, but it's the warm leads that are going to help you land the job. And I understand that everybody is not personable, but if you could just write down some key questions um, to ask another person that you're networking with about the job that you're interested in or their team, that's a way to warm people up and just engage with their content. That's a lot of what I do on a regular basis. Just say, hi, I saw what you wrote. I love what you wrote. It doesn't have to be you selling yourself um, to the person that's in your network. So those are just a couple of things that I want to put out there to people in higher ed, because I know that maybe this isn't something you actively try to participate in and try to do, but these are the things that help you um, build your portfolio, build your brand. Branding is everything right now because we're living in a digital age. So whatever you can do to brand yourself, including getting your own URL is super important, creating your own portfolio. Um, because again, you don't own LinkedIn, own your own website, own your story, own your brand. Um, I <laughs> I hope the audience got all of that. I'm. I'm now busy looking at my LinkedIn profile, <laughs> just checking to see if I, I have. <laughs> yeah, I could get a, get a course on leveraging LinkedIn. And if anybody wants to know how I landed my job with the Zuckerbergs, you know, one, yes, because of experience working with the senator definitely helps at some point. But also my LinkedIn was available when I left that job to for them to be able to even find me. You know what I mean? So leverage technology, leverage your network, put yourself out there and tell your story as well. Again, you don't own LinkedIn, but you own your own website. So if people wanna come there to hear your story and learn a little bit more about you, you have the free will to do so because it's your website, it's your brand. Oh, that, that is amazing. And it's funny, Patricia, that's how I discovered you because of your activity on LinkedIn. Um, not only do you comment, but you push some great content and, I, and I'm just, uh, in awe because I'm like, what's she going to write next? And that's actually how I found you and that's how we connected. So yeah, I'm, um, kind of, I'm out there. Definitely. Yeah. I definitely put myself out there. I definitely say the things that people are thinking and probably don't, don't want to say. So I'm, I'm on there and I'm saying some outrageous things, but I hope that it sparks a deeper conversation mm -hmm. and it makes, uh, some kind of impact going forward. Yeah, I wouldn't classify it as outrageous, but it's definitely impactful and it makes you do a pause and think. Uh, um, I'm a I'm a big fan. So if you can tell, I'm a big fan of your work and I, I really appreciate it. And again, that's why I'm glad you were able to come on because uh, not only are you giving us some critical advice from a career perspective, but you're also showing yourself and, and showing others how they can be their true selves online. Um, I, I want to know more about LinkedIn, not only just the tips, but I've recently I've been seeing the work you've been doing for Black LinkedIn. And I, I want to know more about that, how it got started, um, how's it doing so far, um, what is maybe the, the journey that you have a, have a, have a uh, plan for uh, right. this type of group? You know, um, you know, Black LinkedIn had started out of just, you know, a little bit of chaos on you know and i say chaos because it was that it was that it was triggering for a lot of people what happened to george floyd and then me seeing some ways a lot of performative 
uh, diversity and inclusion efforts um, starting to arise. And I'm very, very passionate about my people, Black people in general. And I'm always considering like, how are they intaking this type of inf information and kind of what is going on in their everyday lives, but per particularly uh, professionally, because I was always on the platform and I was recruiting people from the platform. And as I was growing my career as a diversity lead, I started to notice that a lot of my posts had stopped picking up a lot of the momentum that it had had before. And I started noticing things about the algorithm, including hashtags, where before all my hashtags were kind of highlighted, um, I could click on them, other people could see my posts. I started seeing things drop to the bottom of certain hashtags. Um, I know that things are popular, but I am a somewhat of a techie. I do come from somewhat of a techie background and a family. So I could pick up on the algorithms and I could see the change. And I just started studying it before I started complaining. Now, when other black and brown people on the platform started to have the same complaints that I did, that the algorithm was being biased and it was, um, kind of shadow banning their content, I would have had to agree. And I wasn't arguing with LinkedIn out of nowhere. I had the proof, you know, in the pudding to say, no, I've been following this for about four months now or so. And this is what's happening to my content. And something definitely is wrong here. You can't say amplify melanated voices on one hand, which they were doing, which is great. I'm all for that. But they were only amplifying the voices of celebrities and athletes. And, and that's to me as a professional platform, it kind of marginalized black and brown people as we're only amazing black and brown, you know, professionals are deserved to be amplified if we're a celebrity. And I was like, why can't you give voice, especially during, you know, COVID times, and, and you guys can proclaim this to myself, I've never seen them highlighted black nurses. I've never seen them highlighted essential workers at all to, to claim to be a professional website, but yet you're promoting celebrities all the time. Don't get me wrong. I love Tyler Perry, Medea for life. <laughs> but there are people who are out here working extremely hard, even Uber workers. I, I, I appreciate Ubers because that's how I get to work every single day. And they were out here for us essential workers, especially traveling nurses and so forth and so on, trying to get this work done. But they don't amplify those marginalized voices. They only want to amplify celebrities. So anyways, as I started talking about that a lot more openly, also encouraging people that were in those fields, janitors, Uber drivers to tell their stories, to be vocal on the platform, there just was more marginalization. And also, as we talked about Black Lives Matter, whether it goes back to slavery, um, those posts had been banned. The report button to me had become a feature of the same way that white people cry out to the police. Um, in the real world, the report button on a lot of different sites, not just LinkedIn, became a way to marginalize our voices. And so I felt like white people were reporting our posts because I don't wanna talk about slavery and I don't wanna talk about Black Lives Matter. And this is a professional website, again, kind of gaslighting us um, around these narratives because they didn't feel comfortable. But when it's your job, like me, to have these diverse conversations, although it's not my job, you know, all the time to be on LinkedIn. Um, I wanted to have those conversations. So that's how Black LinkedIn hashtag started is when I started to use it in lieu of the Amplify Black Voices so that all Black professionals would have a place to go on LinkedIn to say, this is what so-and-so is talking about. Let's like, let's comment, let's share their posts 
because I can see on this hashtag that you are active on this platform and you you're, you're not marginalized anymore because you can follow hashtags on LinkedIn. Right. So it really just started out of that advocacy effort to kind of go against the grain, go against LinkedIn and say like, yes. you're not gonna marginalize our voices. You're not gonna let this algorithm defeat the things that we have to say because it's important, especially during this time, you don't get to own our narrative on this platform. And so that's how it really, really got started. And of course, before you know it, like I said, uh, the New York Times decided to pick up the voices on the post as we were communicating with each other, because that's how they found us <laughs> from doing the whole Black LinkedIn and typing in Black LinkedIn. And um, and there you go, New York Times article was written. Yes. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't help but uh, but see a theme. I mean, like earlier on, just in your own story, personal story, Patricia, I immediately saw the value and how valuable you are and people wanting your time and working the amount of hours that you do. And in the second half, I mean, just the amazing tips with how I can personally like pick up and run right away with um, growing my, my my network base on, on LinkedIn. Just give a variety of like, really really invaluable tips not only promotion of yourself but helping the rest of us kind of grow and learn and um showcase our strengths and our value right to the world so yeah i'm just in awe of everything that you're, that <laughs> yes you're saying, i definitely right? want everybody if, if you're you don't have to be black to use black linkedin i tell our other counterparts you know from across the spectrum support us get on black linkedin like our post communicate back with us let us know that you know again our voices are we are being heard and amplify our voices by sharing our content add your own two cents you know a lot of us are open to good or bad responses we we, we hope you keep it respectful obviously this is this is a professional website but um i want people to interact with black and brown people that are on the platform so that we are able to have a voice just like anybody else so I have to ask, with so much on the go and, you know, many exciting new things that are happening, um, I'm curious, like, what's next for you, Patricia, and how could we follow you through your journey? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who are, like you said, asking about Black LinkedIn and, like, what's going to be next with Black LinkedIn. I'm trying my best to kind of navigate that with my 65-hour work week. <laughs> And uh, I'm just figuring out, like, you know, what I want to say with Black LinkedIn. How do we want to continuously um, uphold that hashtag? Black LinkedIn is anything tied with LinkedIn is owned by LinkedIn. So I can't market it. I don't own it. I'm just a curator of some content that goes into it. It's a group effort. I want everybody to feel that the need that they can participate, not to solicit, because I don't want Black LinkedIn hashtag to become a place where people just go to jump, buy my products and selling things to each other. That's not the point. That's not, you know, activism. Sure, if you have something on your profile that you're selling and you want to go to that person's page to support them, then fine, by all means do that. But <clears throat> it's not a it's not a hashtag to utilize so that you can just sell things to. So I'm trying to figure out how do I navigate and kind of regulate that hashtag. And again, it might have to come off of it and, and I might have to take a little bit of ownership off the platform, right? And maybe create a community where we can exist on there and still be able to utilize the hashtag in the way that we wanted to amplify Black voices. Um, but for now, right now, I'm just looking into different ways and to see like, who really, really wants it, who wants to use it. I got a lot of requests for a Facebook group, so that may be something that could possibly be in the works. 
Um, but for right now, we are just leveraging what we have until, like I said, LinkedIn has something to say because they are the ones that own, they own it. <laughs> so I can't do much right there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing that. And I am the founder of Newbies in Tech. Um, I help non-traditional hires land jobs in the tech industry. Um, we currently have a blog where we get to tell and amplify stories of us of black and brown people that are in the tech industry, but also just newbies in general, non-technical non professionals. And we're curating a, a hopefully a webinar behind newbies in tech because I have four eBooks that are out um, that are self-paced guides to helping people land jobs. And I've had quite a few people land jobs in the tech industry after reading those books, but I wanted to give them something structured, give them a little bit more of a roadmap, give a little bit more of my time because I think more people want that so we're going to roll that out eventually so yeah i'm i'm curating newbies in tech and then figuring out kind of what to do with, with black LinkedIn. well patricia i i feel like we can go on and hear a lot more things i know you have to go i i want to know if it's possible sometime down the road but to connect with you again uh you have such an amazing story to tell but more because you don't travel in this linear motion. I'm curious in a couple months, you know, maybe a touch base six months and a year from now to see where you've um, right. gone on your journey. And I hope you yeah. could, we, we can have you back sometime. Yes, I would definitely love that. Just to be able to drop any new gems that I'm, like I said, I'm new to my career, even though I've spent 10 years in the game, I'm still new to diversity and inclusion. So any opportunity that I can get back and, and continuously grow your community, drop gems on them, that would be absolutely phenomenal. So I appreciate that. Yes, yeah, a pleasure as always. And I've been feverishly taking notes and just taking it all in. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to speaking to you again and following you on your journey, Patricia. Um, just uh, the opportunity to self-reflect and to expose our value more is, I can't speak enough, you know, about how, uh, how invaluable the information you're sharing with us today is and the opportunity for us to self-reflect and push our own game, push our own values uh, to the world at large. I love it. I love it. As is to be uh, audience, you heard it. Patricia is here to support you and help you. Please if you were listening, rewind back, hear all the tips. Uh, I'm writing it down. I'm gonna definitely check my LinkedIn account. And I'm also gonna take some of her tools, her, her tips and tricks on how to be more socially active, uh, particularly for things that are great causes as she mentioned. Patricia, again, so glad that you're able to uh, be on our show. Invaluable information you have shared. I hope to have you back on again. I hope you come back. Sean, uh, do you wanna close us out? Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been another action-packed episode of As Is To Be. Thank you again, Patricia. And um, I hope you all enjoy the rest of your day and have a wonderful weekend. Uh, all right, Carl, it's been a pleasure. All right, you too. Peace. All right. Oh, right. good close. <laughs> <laughs> it's good time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>